This is episode number 302, focusing on what you can do, not what you can't. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about high performance and well-being, and I'm your host, Sonia. And if you're new around here, I am a world and multi-time national champion in mountain biking, and I still race professionally. I'm a health and mental performance coach, a writer, a mom of two little kids, and I own my own business. And if you're not new around here, welcome. I'm so glad that you're back, and I'm so grateful that you are a part of this awesome community and that we get to learn and grow together. And before we dive in, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Industry 9, who sponsors me as a professional mountain biker. And they actually signed me while I was pregnant and getting sponsors while you're pregnant is a big challenge. So I just want to give them a shout out for supporting women. But also I have switched to their awesome ultralight carbon wheels and they're made for 29ers. You can fit a tire up to 2.4 inches and they have 24 spokes. And one of the many reasons I love these wheels is they're flashy. Every single time anybody sees my bike, when I go into a bike shop, when I'm on the trail, people look at my wheels because I have spokes in a bunch of different colors and you can custom build your wheels to choose the colors to make them match your bike or just to be a party on the bike, which is what I aspire to be. Their spokes come in 11 colors and they also make brightly colored hubs. And speaking of hubs, if you wanna geek out, they are six Paul dual face configuration for four degree engagement, which means they are pretty awesome. They also make trail wheels, enduro wheels, gravel wheels in both carbon and aluminum and wheel sets are the best upgrade you can do to your bike. You can go a number or a combination of different ways. You can go light, which is what I've done, but these lightweight wheels are very durable and that can be something that's hard to find, lightweight and durable wheels. And if you've seen my Instagram, you see where I ride. I tend to ride my cross country bike and cross country wheels on trails where people tend to ride bigger bikes, enduro bikes, full face helmets, that kind of thing. So I have put these wheels to the test. If you wanna add some fun flair and personality to your bike and you want some lightweight and very strong wheels for any of your bikes, go over to industry9.com and check out their custom wheel builder, all made in the USA. So let's talk about today's podcast topic, focusing on what you can do, not what you can't. Look there, go there. Where the focus goes, energy flows, as Tony Robbins famously said. Perhaps you've heard one or all of those phrases. It's something that I think about often, and our thoughts and emotions generate our perspective and our life experience. What we believe about ourselves, what we believe about our day, the people around us, and the way that the world generally works has an impact on the actions that we take, how we show up in our relationships, and how we move through life. And if you're a mountain biker like me, look there, go there is quite literal. If you've ever found yourself fixated on a rock or a root or a tree and end up hitting it because that's what you're looking at, you find that look there, go there is literal and you can actually feel it whenever you make impact with the ground or the tree. When I'm practicing a technical section, I actually practice where I'm going to look whenever I come into that section because it is normal for us to try to look at the thing that we don't want to hit or the thing that makes us nervous because we want to keep it in our attention. But if you can look where you want to go, especially on a bike and in your life, you tend to go there. And it's pretty amazing how that works. And I know that that's the case in other sports too. In mountain biking, if you can look where you want to go and then fully commit to it, you can often ride very technical terrain. And sometimes you can even get away with it if you lack certain skills. And note, I said sometimes there have been times where I've gotten away with riding things that were probably above my skill set, but because I looked where I wanted to go and I committed to it, I was able to make it. 
Just like you can train your mind in mountain biking to look where you want to go and commit to that line, you can do that in your daily life. So if you find yourself focusing on all the things that you don't want to have happen or focusing on all the things that are going wrong, that is something that could be changed. And that is a skill where you can train yourself to actually look for opportunities. In our lives as humans, we are pre-wired to have a negativity bias. That's what kept us alive. That's how we've evolved. And a negativity bias is when we tend to weight negative experiences more than we weight positive ones. Have you ever noticed how you might be fixated on one critical comment that someone gave you and negate all the positive ones? Why does that one negative one stick with us so much? Or have you ever noticed that when someone asks you how an event that you participated in went, most people will respond with all the things that they could have done better and don't even mention what they did well. Constructive criticism is important and analyzing your performance and how you're doing things and tracking that is important, but it's important that you don't only focus on the negative things. Leading with the things that are going well in your life can help shift your focus if you are stuck in a negative rut and find yourself always focusing on the negative. Leading with positive things or what's going well can also help build confidence because if we're always looking for ways that we're deficient or things that we aren't doing well, it's really hard to believe in yourself. So starting with the things that you're doing well and the things that you're strong at and then exploring things that maybe need a little bit of work can be really helpful. And I'm not talking about toxic positivity where you just pretend that everything is awesome or stuff all of your challenging emotions. That is not helpful and it's not healthy. It's not about ignoring painful and frustrating realities, but it's about holding space for both of those things and for holding space for things that are going well and acknowledging the things that aren't going well. We can get stuck into dualistic thinking where it's all or none or where we have two competing emotions or circumstances that have to be mutually exclusive. But really, you can feel proud of yourself and you can also feel disappointed in something that didn't go well at the exact same time. It's easy to get stuck in binary thinking, but there is a lot of nuance, especially if you're willing to take the time to think about it. Training your mind to focus on what's going well, on abundance, and where opportunities lie will help you notice them more easily. And that's why gratitude practices are effective. I'm sure you've heard of them where you write down things that you're thankful for or just talk about things that you're thankful for. And the reason that works is because you start scanning the world for it. Another example that you might have noticed is if you're car shopping or bike shopping or shopping for anything where you're doing research and you're thinking about a a lot, you start noticing that thing everywhere. If you want to get geeky about it, look up the reticular activating system. This is something that I have recently learned. And it acts as the gatekeeper so that we can focus our attention on the things that we want to focus on. It's something that you can train. So the things that you want to focus on are what you actually notice. And there could be lots of different inputs, lots of different things happening. Two different people could have the exact same thing happen to them or the same circumstances in their life. But what they make of those circumstances comes from their attitude and what they choose to focus on. It sounds really obvious, but most people don't pause and think about what they are focusing on or what they want. And especially when life feels overwhelming or when things aren't going well or you feel stuck, it's really hard to drag yourself out of there and to spend the time trying to train yourself to focus on what you want. Emotions tend to run high and emotions can overpower our thoughts. An example in my own life is that things are really challenging right now. I have a two-month-old and a two-year-old, and our childcare situation that was already on shaky grounds has gotten very unreliable. That means that there's lots of days uh, our nanny will cancel and I'll have to schedule meetings. My podcast has come out a day late recently, which is frustrating to me. There are things that I just am not able to get to because I literally have my hands full. 
I'm behind at work. I'm stretched a little too thin. I'm working at night or I work in very short five-minute spurts. It's hard and unsatisfying at times. And I know that it's temporary. So in this example, I could focus on all those facts that I just mentioned. I'm acknowledging them by telling you about them, but that isn't what I'm thinking about all day long. In fact, I'm usually pretty present all day long because I'm trying to be in the moment with my kids, but it's also full on. So it requires my full attention. So I actually can't be focused on some of these things. The times that I do get frustrated during the day is when I'm trying to do too many things all at once, or if I think I can squeeze in too many of those five minute work spurts. When I think about it in the big picture, I bet that most people wish that they could spend more time with their kids and that this is a luxury that I get to spend time with my kids. I also mentioned a few, well, I guess it was a year ago with my son that my rate of achievement has slowed down because I'm spending more time with my family. But family is a value to me, and that is something that I'm happy to do. And getting more shiny things or achieving more success isn't necessarily going to make me feel more fulfilled and more happy, but building relationships and being close to my family, while it is difficult sometimes, it gives me a lot of meaning and fulfillment in my life more so than getting some of these achievements actually give me. Here are some other examples of different types of focus. So number one, when you're on the internet, on social media or on Google or the news, are you scanning and looking for ways that everyone is better than you or how the world is a bad place? Or are you scanning, looking at people doing things that you wanna do and seeing yourself in them and feeling empowered like you can do it too? Or are you looking for ways to learn or for positive things in the news, even though it's hard to find sometimes? When you stare in the mirror, are you fixating on the parts of your body that you don't like or that you wish were different and ignoring all the parts that you do like? Are you focusing on things that you wish your partner or your friends or your kids were doing in your relationships or around the house and how it's not measuring up? Or are you appreciating the little things that they are doing that you might not be noticing? And you can use the word and here. You can do both. You can be noticing how somebody might not be showing up in the relationship that you have with you in a way that you would like and communicate around that. And at the same time, you can also be appreciating what they are bringing to the table and the things that they are doing. And more broadly, are you moving that goalpost of meaning fulfillment or happiness, which they don't mean the same things and that's a whole other topic, but are you moving that goalpost and always focusing on the next thing instead of appreciating how far you've come. You can appreciate your small wins and make sure you check out my post and my podcast on the importance of small wins. But at the same time, you can also appreciate what you want to accomplish. It's a deficient place to not celebrate the things that you have done and not celebrate how far you've come and only be focused on the things that you wish you were because that will always be changing. With that said, how do you train yourself to notice the positives in your life and to create a new trajectory for yourself if you are stuck in this rut of always scanning for the negative or always looking for things and ways that you aren't measuring up? How do you do that? Number one, it starts with noticing. Deliberately listening to the things that you think or even the things that you're saying out loud and noticing the first place where your mind goes when something comes up is really important. How you interpret adversity is such a great place to start because once you can take that time to notice where your mind goes, then you can start seeing patterns. It's not always easy to notice where your mind is going because emotions can be all encompassing and they can be very distracting. 
Sometimes there is no space between emotion and our interpretation of that emotion. That's where some form of meditation or mindfulness practice can help you create space between those feelings and thoughts. And even a short pause before you can react can give you insight into where your mind is going. Once you pause, you can train yourself to respond, not react. And you might have heard that saying, respond, not react. It could be as simple as taking a breath, or it could be doing a journaling practice. Maybe you reacted in a way that you didn't like, and after the fact, you go back and you try and figure out what caused that, or you figure out how you can be more aware of your thoughts in the present moment. You can respond by acknowledging the facts and feelings and also looking for opportunities. Another thing that you can do is talk about what's happening in your life with someone that you trust and can help give you perspective if you're struggling. You might need to initially digest what happened with an empathetic friend whenever you're not ready to hear someone say, well, at least you did this. Listening empathetically means that you're not trying to fix anything for somebody. You're not trying to show them the silver lining. You're just trying to be there with them and acknowledge how they're feeling in that moment. And listening empathetically is something I've been working on in my own life because I always want to share my perspective on how there is opportunity or share how there is perspective in a situation so that they can feel better or more optimistic about it. But that's not always helpful. So first, you might need to just process what happened before trying to reframe what happened. Then after you've processed those emotions, notice where you keep going. If you keep going back to all the things that went wrong or noticing if you created some space to talk about the opportunities ahead or the things that went well. That's a huge thing that we do in my coaching practice. If you've heard me talk about that before is people set goals, they set broader goals, and then they set weekly or bi-weekly goals whenever we work together. And the first thing that I ask is actually what went well and to talk about the successes before we dive into the opportunities for learnings and the challenges that they faced. And another really powerful tool that is from positive psychology is talking about your explanatory style. That's how you tell yourself a story about something that happened. In other words, how you perceived an incident. And I'll give you an example that just happened to me in a few minutes. The way that we explain our world and daily events that happen to us deeply affect whether we have an optimistic or pessimistic view of the world. It affects whether we feel empowered or helpless. And in fact, learned helplessness is what makes you give up because you think you don't have any control over something anymore. It's the belief that your actions really won't change the outcome. And that is not a growth mindset. We've talked about growth and fixed mindsets as well. Your explanatory style ultimately determines how you view misfortunes and whether or not you'll give up easily. If you're more optimistic and you think that with more effort or more learning that you can get better, chances are that you're going to be more excited about hard work. And hard work can feel intimidating and it can feel monotonous sometimes. If any of this sounds interesting to you, I have a mindset academy, the Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy that you can find at sonyalooney.com where I dive into mental toughness, optimism, building confidence, and how to deal with anxiety as it pertains to athletes. So you can go there at sonyalooney.com and find the Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy. You can also find this at moxieandgrit.com. That is M-O-X-Y and grit.com. Okay, so I will give you an example of putting all of these into practice. Currently, I am dealing with a wrist injury, and it's really annoying because I can't ride trail, and I had to skip my first race of the year, and it was also my first race back in three years. So I've been working hard for this. I've been excited about this, and I have to sit it out. What am I talking about? So I have broken this wrist in the past, and 
I probably didn't do the rehab that I needed to do in order to get it strong again. There's an extra strain on my wrists and on my tendons from taking care of two kids, from lifting a 31-pound toddler, and from holding and breastfeeding and doing all the things with a newborn, from riding my mountain bike a lot. Whenever you ride your mountain bike a lot, there is a lot of impact on your wrists, especially when you ride really technical trails with a lot of compressions. And there are still elevated levels of relaxin, which is a hormone that makes your joints lax in my system from breastfeeding. I wasn't aware that this is a hormone that stays in your system after pregnancy. So it is the perfect storm to cause a pretty bad injury. And it got so bad over the weekend that I hit a compression on the trail that jammed my wrist back in extension. And I ended up screaming in pain. And I thought it was possible that my wrist was broken. I've had the pain of a broken wrist. And that's what it felt like. I literally could not put weight on my hand at all. I could not hold on to the handlebar. I had to walk my bike down this really long trail that was actually hard to walk down because it's steep and technical and is sketchy in my shoes. A lot of people ride this trail, especially on the weekend, so my ego was bruised. It was embarrassing to be walking my bike down this trail too. When I got down to the road to ride home, I had to ride home with one hand because I couldn't put weight on that wrist. And as I mentioned, I had to cancel my first race back in three years, and it sucked. Was it disappointing and painful and frustrating? You bet, and I still feel the sting of that, and I will definitely feel the sting of that next weekend when I am not at the start line. But what I did notice was where my mind went as I was walking down the trail. There was enough space to even notice where my mind was going. And I was pleasantly surprised that I wasn't fixated on how unfortunate the situation was. I wasn't ruminating on the past or the future, and I wasn't beating myself up. My mind actually went to all the things that I still could do while I got better and big picture thinking. I could hold space for the frustration and disappointment and the embarrassment but also focus on what I could do instead of what I couldn't. I immediately started thinking about trail running and I started thinking about exploring some of the dirt roads that I normally don't ride because I like riding trail. I started thinking about ways I could strengthen my wrist. And years of working with injuries and adversities have gotten me to this point. Practicing these skills have gotten me to this point. I've been mountain biking since 2002, so there's been a lot of opportunity to work on things like this. Resilience and optimism are skills that I've had to practice, and now it comes easily. And I love that sport is a great lens or microcosm for our daily lives because the things that we experience in sport are often transmittable to our day-to-day lives. In this example of an injury, I chose to focus on all the things that I could do instead of all the things that I couldn't do, while accepting that I I'm frustrated that it happened, but knowing that big picture, it's going to be short term and it's not the end of the world. There are, of course, more extreme cases of adversity that comes up. And it is important to take time to process those things. But also maybe you still can't be physical if we're talking about an injury or even a condition that happens to you. But where does that open up space for other things that you could do? All right, so today we discussed how to focus on what you can do, not what you can't, and why that's important. And I gave you a few tools to practice that. And again, it's a practice. It's not perfect. There are days where I am focused on the negative, and I have a really hard time trying to stay positive. So that's okay, too. Just the awareness that our thoughts and emotions create our world and create how we move through life is really empowering and it's a really fun thing to continue working on and to bring people along with you for the ride. I hope you found something in this episode today that was helpful. And if you know anybody that might need to hear this, please feel free to share it with them as well. 
And if you haven't hit that subscribe button or left us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it as that helps this show find others. If you'd like to read about how to find more performance and well-being in your daily life, especially when it comes to the inner life, make sure you're subscribed to my newsletter. That's at sonyalooney.com slash newsletter, where I write an article every single week and also include the podcast episode and a question for you to ponder on high-performance living and well-being. My mission is to help you and help myself be better every day. And I am committed to always learning and always growing and trying to share with you what I've learned. And hopefully you can apply that in your life too. We'll see you right back here next week with a new guest interview.